So Hi Felicia is a podcast that I started with the idea of having conversations on a variety of topics, trying to do a deep dive, um, maybe knowing something about the person, maybe not. One of my guilty pleasures is Criminal Minds and the team at the BAU, and they always profile a serial killer or an unsub by the fact that, that they usually start in a geographical location that's comfortable to them. So I, I do do that. So I am using friends and family and friends of friends and Facebook friends for folks who are basically in my sphere at first to interview and have some conversations. Because I've always been curious about you know where people come from, what their interests are, and I get really jazzed about talking to someone who's really enthusiastic about a subject that maybe I know a little bit about, maybe I know nothing about. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with my different guests. And um, please feel free to comment, send questions, um, or send suggestions for guests that you think might be interested uh, to be on Hi Felicia. today on Hi Felicia is Dawn Kotzer. She's a doodle activist, a red chair addict, creative inner wilderness guide. She's someone who I find an amazing creative artist in spirit. We know each other through a common um, coaching organization, but we both have sort of grown beyond that org, but it's definitely a touch point for us in sort of how we interpret things. Um, and she's just a very cool lady. Don believes we are born a beacon of inner shine, willing and able to let imagination, curiosity, and courage lead the way. She believes when we show up in the world in ways that are deeply meaningful for us, the intersection of mindset, ambition, and creative vibe can feel very chaotic and at odds with real life. It's easy to fear there is no way to successfully merge all three, but she knows it can be done and it is wholeheartedly worth the effort. She has a rock-solid belief that it's never too late to reclaim our sense of imagination, curiosity, and courage. Tagline, don't let fear dull your shine, which is really beautiful. And it's curiosity and courage are two words that I would definitely use to describe Dawn. Um, but the Red Chair Odyssey, she'll explain in our conversation today, has to do with a beautiful red chair that she photographs in different um, kind of nature areas. And um, I started our conversation today with Dawn saying, um, how do you think of your life? How do you design your life these days? Rather than asking someone the question, what do you do? I asked, how do you design your life? How do things happen in your world these days? How do you divide your time between the different types of projects and creative outlets that you have? Oh, you know how it is. Outer informs inner. Inner informs outer. Uh, exhaustion. That'd be good. That That is probably it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would say um, both... Thinking I had to do so much, 
and then being able to do as much as I thought I had to do. And you realize eventually, I'm just really tired of this. Not even, not only that, tired is easy. Tired is the easy part. I'm really pissy and tired at what's going on here now. I don't like this. I don't like this. And I don't like me in all of this. Huh. Okay. Well, what do I want to do about it? And sometimes it's really it was really difficult for me to stop doing some of the things I was doing because I generally, um, I do a lot of things I, that I would rather not do, but I tend to be able to find a way to at least be curious about what the heck it is I have to do. So that eases the load. So it took me some practice to step back from thinking I had to do all the things I was doing and then actually not do them. I couldn't just think it and then things fell into place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I think of this in a way where if you... um... If you want to solve a problem, I, I'm always better when I have information or knowledge. But like reading a book doesn't make change. Reading a book helps inform your thought process, perhaps, but sometimes you have to do or not do the thing for it, it to ha- become a practice and then to become muscle memory and then to become something that's a conscious decision, I think. I don't know. Does that make sense? It does. You cannot think your way clear. Right. As I always say, action, like it does in the dictionary, comes before clarity. Right, right. It may it may happen so close together. You may take action and then you may, oh, I get it. That may happen in a split second. So it feels, it might feel like you had clarity and then took action. But I... I would debate that point. I would say, no, there was a tiny micro-action you took prior to that aha, and you were then able to seamlessly step forward into the next action. So, yeah, all those things you mentioned. When we take action, um, it does create a muscle memory. It creates wiggle room. It creates... um, opportunity Mm -hmm. to observe the action we just took. And I was thinking about this the other day, um, the phrase, to thine own self be true, or to thy own self be true, however it is you read it. And it occurred to me that there's so many ways for a person to interpret that personally. I have heard people say that they believe that means follow your passion, follow your bliss, you know, do what you were brought here to do, or those types of sayings. But for me, that's not what it means. To thine own self be true means simply, I get to talk truth to myself. If there's one person that I'm going to be honest with, it should be me. 
and how it's easy to um, hear what you're saying now and think, oh, well, she's she's so wise and she came to this so easily and it's such a nice, you know, digested idea. But was it something that perhaps you always had capacity for and it just showed up in different times of your life or was this something that you've just, it's took taken you a long time to learn? Hmm. I think it's taken me a long time to learn. Um, the thing that I probably have always walked with is that, and I, I, I'm not alone in this. This is, this is core to being human. We know when we're BSing ourselves. Mm-hmm. We know that from the time we're tiny. I mean, you watch little two-year-old <laughs> who is playing the room, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you know that they know they're doing it. They know that they're sort of stringing themselves along and everyone else, and it's quite funny. But uh, So I think I, like probably ever every other human on the face of the earth, have always walked with that. I might, I may have been a little bit more aware of it because um, my family um, showcased quite a few dysfunctions. So the contrasts and the edges were evident for me. I felt the contrasts and edges from a very young age. So I was perhaps aware of this contrast of something not feeling quite right. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I was able to act on it for years and years and years because of some of the cultural things, the uh, cultural um, expectations I was brought up with, where you do not debate issues with certain people, you don't disagree with certain people, you don't question certain people. And that kind of muddies the water of being able to be true to yourself, I think. Right. Because it, it, until we've created a space where we can step into and say, okay, I can be true to myself in this space, um, I, I don't, I think it's most easily done after we've created a space where we know we are safe enough to be upfront and true on you know measure myself you know good bad having met the criteria but it also ran directly diametrically opposite of being true to myself it was a very um, hard thing to live with because I kept like there was always that nagging like but that doesn't seem right that doesn't make sense yeah yeah, it's that it's that you know what what I call like a niggle. It's a nag. It's mm. a it's just this little this little. It's like this, you know, when you I don't know if you've ever made bread, but when bread is rising and you poke the bread, yes, and you can feel the tension of that. Yes, it's like it, it's that odd little pokey tension. I do remember about thirty years ago having a call. I remember this moment very clearly. I was sitting on the floor in a basement. I was working on some project for a design business I had at that time. I was prepping some some um, dozens and dozens of the, the bases for a large order, a uh, design order. And the person I was working with was a good friend of mine uh, that I'd met as an adult. So this isn't someone I grew up with, which was probably helpful because I met them 
met that person as more of an autonomous individual, not as a member of my family unit. So I was. This person was helping me. We were con- we were talking about something. I don't remember. I do not remember what the topic was. I do not remember what he said, but I remember me pausing, taking a deep breath, and thinking, "That's not how I see it at all. I. That's not true for me. I don't think I can sit here and not speak up." And I got really quiet, kept on working on these projects that he that uh, he was um, hired to help me with. And probably five minutes later, I remember saying, I do not see that as true for me. And that is the moment that I realized that honesty is an act of courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's beautiful, too. And what you said was different than you're wrong, I'm right. You were like, what I'm hearing is a different, I'm having a different internal reaction. I see a different vision than what you're seeing, which is a very way of owning your space, but not making the person bad or wrong or good or bad or whatever, you know. Well, and that's what was so beautiful about it, because this is a person I liked. We worked together. I didn't want to make this person wrong. Right. I didn't, I did not want to put this person, I remember feeling that too. I don't want to put this person into a space of, you are wrong about that. Because as you say, they weren't wrong about that. That That's their space. But for me to be able to speak from my space, and that was, as you mentioned, um, asked me earlier, is this internal, external, intrinsic, extrinsic, um, that was very much from an inner space where really all the good stuff happens anyways. <laughs> I, I had a similar <laughs> thing when I was in my, I want to say mid-30s, and I had a, I was like second in command in a, a museum in a fundraising organization. And uh, the woman that I worked with and for was just a bully. And um, I, I, I used to think, you know, did she see me coming? And she just felt that I, she could exploit and manipulate my talent, but and then c- continuously tell me, you know, I ha- had not lived up to expectation. And of course, she was a similar personality to things I had had previously in my life. Um, but I remember sitting down with her and she was preparing to leave and she was going to leave in a blaze of glory. She was going to burn the whole place down on her way out. And um, we were sitting talking and she was basically telling me there is no way that I could possibly take over the reins, even though I did everything operationally um, other than, you know, I did everything operationally, basically. So there was no way that I wouldn't know how to do things when she left because I did all the things and I remember getting really calm and kind of looking at her and sort of having that out-of-body experience where I saw her as she was separate from me and her her own infallibility and I I I actually I it probably didn't come out as smoothly as I meant it but what I what I said to her was I'm really sorry that you don't see my talent and um potential 
I said, because even though we may not see eye to eye, and I think I probably didn't say this to her, but even though I don't like you, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. I can see the gifts and talents that you brought to this job. And so, and she just kind of looked at me and I'm sure she heard something different than the words that I used, but I remember being like, wow, where did that come from? And it was very measured. It was very calm. It was very truthful. It was not about her being nasty or mean or wrong or, but it was just, I was, I was genuine, genuinely confused why even if she was on her way out, she still would offer like credit where credit was due. So yeah, yeah, that that's really um, fascinating for oh, many reasons, <laughs> many reasons, because it's uh, there's a point at which, and that's the one thing I love. There's lots of things I disliked about being in my thirties, but that is one of the things about being in our thirties. It's where the weather vane changes direction. <laughs> we just start. We see that we see the wind shift slightly and we we just feel things and see things differently we can see more we don't lose how we saw it before right we add to that we our views expanded and so what i heard while you were sharing that story with me was how you were able to hear yourself speak for yourself Mm -hmm. not just speak to her and also, you know, as we both know, we we cannot be responsible for how other people interpret our words. Right. That's double-edged. Now, on one hand, that means that uh, we get to practice, intentionally practice the art of communication, which I believe is understanding what the other person heard. But also, I don't think we can speak ourselves up in not in order to hope that the other person hears correctly. Here's what we correctly mean. Because they will interpret it through their experience, and we cannot. That's none of our business, and neither can we really have any control over that. Yeah. Yeah. So how... um... So let's talk about really joyful things. So you have some really interesting creative things going on right now in your life. Um, tell me about the publication that you were in recently and your calendars. Oh, right. That was um, that was um, the Uppercase Magazine uh, created by uh, Janine, oh, I'm going to mess up her name, Van Gool. I'm sure I'm saying that incorrectly. And she's out of Calgary, Canada, which is... Um, we Canadians are kind of, maybe not all of us, but some of us are a sucker for making sure that we follow all other things created by Canadians because we don't, that doesn't always happen in our world. It's a big globe out there and, and, uh, we're, we all come into contact with a lot of things created by people, citizens of other countries. So when it's, I'm always curious about what Canadian creatives are up to and she practices what I um, what I really value, which is applied and pure creativity, which means the pure creativity is just coming up with 
just partnering with your imagination and just sort of letting everything just fall fall out as it as it sort of as you shake it out of your imagination and your spirit and then applied creativity is saying okay huh, now this is this has come to mind how can i bring this to life so she she has calls for entry with every uh, quarterly magazine issue where she asks for artists, creatives of all stripes, uh, from all industries, to respond to um, the theme that she is hoping to showcase in her next magazine. And she called for, the call for entry was about chairs. And she said, I don't know what you're going to do with chairs. You can paint them, like paint a physical chair, take photos of it, send it in. Maybe you design chairs. Maybe you create chairs. Maybe your art is all about chairs. I don't know. But I'm I'm putting a call out there for chairs. Well, you know that I do this thing with a red chair walkabout where I take a physical red chair, big red chair, and I haul it around my property and I take photos of it. I did that as a joke, just as a joke. Once upon a few years ago, and I don't know, somehow it took hold. So now people who follow me have fallen in love with that chair, that red chair. So every once in a while I do more of that. So that, um, when I read the call for entry, I thought, oh, that's really interesting about chairs. This is how slow I am. It took me a few days to think, oh, just a second. I could, I could share something about my red chair walkabout. So I sent in some photos of the red chair and also while I've been curating my art for another project I'm doing I found some watercolor mm, abstracts I did of red chairs so I tossed a photo of that artwork into the mix and you said a little blurb about who you are and lo and behold um, I found out I don't know a few weeks later or a month or two later that um my photographs of both my red chair walkabout and the art that I had created showed up, were going to show up in the magazine. So it was, as you said, let's talk about something joyful. It was, you know those moments that are both humbling and joyful? Yes. You're, you're both like sitting right down on the earth in in contact with with the dirt below and yet you're flying you're yeah. high <laughs> like a pelican catching the jet stream the currents above our house that's what that felt like it's beautiful it's, such a, it's a beautiful publication too i mean if people want to check it out they have an instagram account but um, I knew you originally from our connection through Facebook, but I remembered very vividly your red chair, and I would look forward to both that and the doodles. And um, so when I saw that you had posted that that was in the publication, I immediately went and followed the publication. <laughs> and it's very, it's a really cool publication. I almost thought it was your publication, so... Oh, well, well, thank you. for I'm honored by that. And you know what? The tagline, we were speaking about this either just at the top of the call or before yeah. the call, uppercase for the creative and curious. Yes. And those two things, like, those are my, that's like my, my soul food. Yeah. Yeah. And that, this magazine just is, 
yeah, she really does a um, a roundup, a roundup of all things imaginative, innovative, and creative. It it's it's good stuff. And doesn't it feel? Have you have you um, ever picked up a copy of the magazine? I haven't. No, I was I got on the mailing list and I wanted to see how I could order it. And I think um, it's. I haven't I haven't finished that part yet, but is it a, um is it glossy? No, it feels like butter. It's it's she's very Janine is very conscientious about eco publishing. So I lo- you never know how the magazine is going to arrive in your uh, post. Sometimes it comes in hard cardboard wrappers. Sometimes it comes in a biodegradable plastic wrap. So if you're ordering books from her, because she publishes a lot of books yeah. as well. I saw that um, book of ephemera, which I loved. Yeah, and, and you receive them. She doesn't use bubble pack. She's rolled up pieces of paper that you can then unroll and use to create with, even if it's it. just doing grocery lists. So um, it's, it's a real full-body experience being involved to and party to this um, this creation of hers. The, the magazine is is, um, is wonderful. I live with someone who has um, multiple chemical sensitivities and don't even get me started on, on what oh, the, the hoops and awful situations that he's had to contend with. So I've stopped ordering all magazine excuse me, subscriptions, yeah. except for this one, because they're all toxic. So not all, I, that, that's too. So many of them are toxic. This one, not. Yeah, it just looks like a fantastic publication. And what I've seen of the website and some of the postings, I thought, wow, that is a beautiful um, connection and kismet. And it seemed very appropriate appropriate's the wrong word because that some has some sort of like connotation to it but I I loved the two it just seemed like a lovely home for the red chair oh I thank you for that it it um yeah it it feels good to see it in there mm. and um you know there's not a large blurb it's just a small blurb but I think I guess because it's maybe because the chair, even though this is a bit of a lark that I that I do with this chair, the chair is real. The rocks, the sand, the forest I've I've I sit it in when I take photos is real. Um, and even though this magazine is full of people, uh, full of people creating things that until. Until their imagination and skill brought something to light, there's, the, the things that are showcased in this book didn't exist prior to that, right? right? But that's the ultimate hallmark of creativity, is bringing to life something that never existed before. And uh, it's and, it's beautiful and playful, but it's, um, you're, you, I know you said you did it as a lark, but it, it's, um, 
It's really gorgeous because you've got multiple elements going on. So you have this chair that's sort of out of its element, but you're putting it in a context. It's got a really beautiful color to it. And the way you photograph things in your eye, you're giving it landscape, you're giving it context, you're giving it home, but it um, it is out of place, but in place. And oh, neat. Oh, that's really, really neat. And I just, um, have you ever taken a picture of you in the chair? I haven't, but but uh, I had somebody snap a few of them. I'm not really big on any sort of um, portrait shoots or anything like that, but, I, but somebody was out here one day, and I was on a red chair walkabout, and they said, hey, we should take some pictures of you. And I said, okay, fine, great, sure. I have a few of those. In fact, some of the, they're, yeah, I have a few though somewhere around. Because it could be a throne, it could be waiting for a guest, it could be abandoned, but I don't think of it that way necessarily. It could be, um, you know, just a stop on the way to something else. It's there's so many like possibilities to that, and I love that the photographs kind of capture all of that and also. You have a definitive eye and a really beautiful com- composition, but it's also because the chair is empty, you're leaving it to interpretation of a story. So, Oh, nice. Thank you for that. I'm, I, it's so great to hear your, your interpretation of that because um, I, don't, I don't really ever think to talk about this much, actually. It's, it's you know, it's you know, make of this what you will. So it's really nice to hear somebody reflect back what they've made of it. This red chair belonged to the mother of a very good friend of mine. And it came into my life probably about 10 years ago when I was going through a really tough time. Um, My partner had just been, had his health had taken an even... Uh, had spiraled downward yet again. Life had changed dramatically, very quickly. And for he and I had spent um, a long time working really hard, practicing delayed gratification to sort of set things up, to design a life that would satisfy uh, the way we wanted to earn our living, but also make it possible to build a found, solid foundation for the future. So while the business did that, built a solid business foundation for the future, his health crisis came to be, and that just blew everything out of the water. So I was I remember I went to visit my friend, and she was asking me how I was doing because she knew it was such a tough time. And I said, you know, I really miss, I miss the person I used to hang out with, I miss us together in the space we used to hang out with. I miss my partner. I miss this guy, even though he's right here. Things change. And for anybody who's listening to this who has been through that, you know what I mean. It, and it's, it's, just, it's just a change. It takes a while to catch up with the change. There's a new normal that sets in. The transition period can be kind of rough. So she and I were talking about that and we happened to be 
sitting upstairs in one of her spare rooms. And I realized partway into this conversation that I was sitting on this red chair and I said, wow, this is a really comfortable chair. This is a really interesting chair. This is, this color is beautiful. And she was sitting across from me in a golden yellow chair, which I've also taken pictures of um, from time to time. And she said, you like these chairs? And I said, yeah, I love these chairs. She said, oh, my mom gave them to me. They're from my mom's house, and she got tired of them. She's had them for like three or four decades, and and she didn't want to get rid of them. She she didn't want a stranger to have them, so she made me take them home. But she said, I really have nowhere for them. Do you want them? And I just said, yeah. (laughs) So it the red chair is has a special history a friendship so i you know that that um when i carry this chair around for its walkabout i carry that friendship with me too yeah it's it's um there's so many layers to it and it's um color i i I don't know. I mean, I think that some of the conversations you and I have had have um, have had more uh, clarity around how color shows up for myself. And um, I just, yeah, I feel like there's one of the things that I've been talking in my writers group here locally about is collaboration with visual artists and, um, Mm. you know, taking a piece by someone else and writing either a response piece to it or a conversation piece to it or inspiration to it. And so I'm going to go back and look at your red chair stuff and see what comes up for me. Oh, that is a beautiful idea. What a, I, you know, I, I don't know what other people's belief systems are. You and I, that's not necessarily something that we ever speak to. But for me, because everything has energy in some state, no matter, even if it's glacial, slow, mm-hmm. almost stagnant, but not quite, um, I believe everything has a voice. Yes. So, to have someone, you know, be in dialogue or have a conversation with this chair is, is a pretty cool thing for me to hear about. So, like, have at it. <laughs> Keep me posted. <laughs> and in some ways, um, I think, uh, I want to say, and this could be wrong, but this is just how my memory, rem- sort of how my vision remembers things, is I sort of remember you your chair first before I remember seeing picture of you. So sometimes in my mind, when I think about you, I think about the red chair. So you, you, your personality is infused with the chair for me in some way. Oh, I like that. That's great. It's not that there aren't any pictures of me out right, there. There are right. some. Yeah. I don't take a lot of selfies and stuff like that because I, it just doesn't work for me. But uh, I I don't at all being thought of as a red chair because, as I said, that red chair is pretty special to me. And it, it's, it has nothing but love and sort of uh, a kind of curious journey attached to it. So I like that. I, I like being the idea of being something beloved on a curious journey. 
And also, <laughs> like, just being in, it being the pop of color in whatever the scene is, that's sort of also how I think of the red chair. You know, this makes me think that um, I've never actually, I, I, again, I'm, I'm a bit slow because I, I tend to do things, um, I can be very deliberate, I can be very um, methodical, have a rather um, specific, detailed plan, and then execute it accordingly. I'm good at compartmentalizing, blah, 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 blah. But I'm also pretty good at just doing spon- things spontaneously, which is why I like the flex time, my my flex time lifestyle, mm-hmm. because I, I create these little pockets of time where I can just say to myself, okay, so I got uh, 42 minutes here. What do I want to do? And it Often I'll fill it with, you know, getting some chore done. But I have the gift of choice and flexibility. And if I wanted to, you know, go outside and make a snow angel and all this wonderful fluffy snow we have, I could do that. 42 minutes, you know, is enough time for that. But sometimes I I don't pause to flesh out an idea quite fully enough. And it never occurred to me until I'm speaking to you today that I have never done a gallery of all the red chair photos I have, because some of them I've been taken in magical places. I've shared them with individual friends. I actually send pictures of red chairs to people who get in touch with me and are struggling with something. I often send them a photo of the red chair in some nature spot. Oh, man, I love that so much. So it's like anybody a calling listening card. to this call, yeah. Anybody <laughs> listening to this, if you if you're if you just want some boreal forest vibes, find me. I don't know. I'm sure you're going to have some links to yes. where I hang out. Yes. Really, just say I heard you on Hi Felicia. Send me some boreal. Send me some red chair vibes. <laughs> I'm happy to. I'm happy to do that. But it's never occurred to me to this moment that. I probably have a hundred red chair photos, uh, ninety or eighty-five of which people have never seen. Oh gosh! Oh yes, and perhaps that's a book for you for future or another calendar or some other vehicle. You know, actually, on I, for one of the projects that I did, finally, finally, finally completed this year after wanting to do it for five, six, seven years was to create a CD desk calendar. It's not perfect. There's room for improvements. I know that, um, but it's really pretty special to me, and and I'm honored by the people who bought one of these calendars. I, I only printed twenty four calendars. Because I thought, well, I don't know who's going to want this stuff. and um, But I'm already planning next year's. And maybe I need to add one more to the list of calendars that I'm going to create. And it would be a red chair photo calendar. Oh, beautiful. What do you think? Yeah, beautiful. Definitely. So what's the what are on the calendars? Explain what are on the calendars. The calendars are... Um, they're, uh, they fit into a CD jewel case, so they're about four and a half, five inches square each each uh, month. Then um, the top 55% of each monthly piece has an image of one of my doodles. There's two 
Uh, this year I did two themes. One was Whimsy Hello, which is all about the whimsy interiors that I do. Like they're really weird. I'm looking at January. January has a yellow bed with green pillows that look an awful lot like the ones my grandma had on her couch. And there's a stop sign on the wall and a fish mobile in the window and a jack-in-the-box and a weird um, alarm clock on the side table. And for some reason, there's an owl hook to one side of the bed. And I don't know. I, I know this is... <laughs> I know this isn't a fishbone on the bed, so it must be a toothbrush or, I don't know, maybe a watch or a bangle. So that's the Whimsy Home theme. And the other calendar, CD, jewel case-sized calendar, desk calendar, is called Gentle Grooves. And that one has more pastel tones to it. And it is of the doodles, just the line doodles that I do daily. And so there's one image for each month, and then and uh, with the uh, you know the calendar set up at the bottom, the bottom third of each. And are they calendar are, sheet? Is it um what what's the material that you're using? Is it marker? Is it paint? Is it? I use everything. I use everything. Some of them. Some of them are. Um, let's see. The Whimsy Home. Uh, the cover sheet is. Uh, watercolor. That was from a, an actual watercolor painting. Many of the um, illustrations for the Whimsy Home Calendar are fine line marker with uh, ink-tense watercolor pencils. And those are a little more representational. So there's like, there's furniture, there's, there's objects. Yeah. Um, and then the Others are kind of very freeform designs. They could be, I mean, I saw them initially and I thought, wow, that would be some really gorgeous tattoos or. Yeah, which is funny you should mention that because one of the things that I'm working on for 2021 is to turn some of my art into temporary tattoos. I'm not a big tattoo, permanent tattoo person because I, 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 I think I'd want to change it up a bit, but I love top quality temporary tattoos, so that's also in the works. And here, yeah, that's right. These doodles, uh, the gentle grooves doodles, which are most of them are done with uh, watercolor markers. So while I could use the markers and they would dry, they would cure, I like to take a paintbrush to them while I'm working with them, and so I just blend and disrupt the edges, soften the edges. And then they've got highlighter pens and, oh, I don't know, pencils, graphite. Let's see, what else do I use in some of these? Some of my favorite permanent ink markers. Yeah, I just, I really mix it up a lot, especially for the the um, the line doodles that you were speaking of. So congratulations. I'm glad that you... Um decided to finally put them out in the world that way and that you got a good response thank you yeah it it it's um it's been really fun it's been busy because um some of this stuff um there's a bit of a learning curve how i thought i could do them didn't work so you know what that's like you go back to the drawing board and you mm-hmm. figure out a slightly different software program or slightly different approach and um you know, it finally it all fell into place about uh, 
36 hours before a printing deadline. <laughs> I found I found the best place to get them printed. And uh but because I had done some of the preliminary work already um for my first attempt at printing earlier in November it it wasn't you know it was a bit of a mad dash to the finish line but it could have been a lot worse. And why did you couple it with a calendar? Um Ah, uh, they're small. They're small. God forbid I should make too big of a splash. No, 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 no. <laughs> the fellow that I live with, he repeatedly says, you know, these things are really nice. Most of the doodles that I do, that I show online, most of those are smaller. They're probably 5 by 7 or 4 by 4 mm-hmm. Like, they're quite small. Or some of them are 3 by 3 inches. And he says, you know, these are really nice, but... Why are you not doing these on four foot panels? Oh gosh. I'm just oh, not yeah. I'm just not there yet. I I'm just I don't know, I'm I could do them, but then and I do have some of them done, but it's sort of like, well what am I gonna do with all these things? Because um, you and I have um uh, went through a, a similar coaching school. I'm gonna use a phrase here, but I think you and I have talked about previously in another conversation how I use this in a different way but I'm gonna say something and you can tell me where you think I'm wrong on this um I I just it just struck me that a lot of how I experience you and a lot of how you describe yourself is this really interesting mashup of um um concrete, very commonsensical, very practical, and also extremely playful, extremely creative. So I love the idea that you wanted to put your doodles out in the world, but you needed to be have it have function in some way. <laughs> because so by making it calendar related, like, for me, I kind of don't care that it's a calendar. I just wanted the images. <laughs> so I really like <laughs> that, that for your mind, you were like, well, I'm going to sell a product. So I'm going to make it make it sense. I'm going to have it make sense or have it be like functional in some way. So is that is that a wrong mashup of you as I'm interpreting it? No, you know, uh, it has taken me, um, oh, many, many years to try and figure out, you know, all these social things, all, all these uh, online spaces where you're supposed to write a bio of yourself. It's like, oh, for God's sake, what am I going to write? I don't know what to write. Right. So my best, my this is my best bio. I was just working on this this morning. I had to sh- uh, send it to somebody. So I happen to have it just right here on hand. And it's... So I think, I don't think you're wrong at all. I, I think you, you get me, and I love that. This is how, this is my best attempt at describing this mishmash. Realist meets curiosity hound meets recovered perfectionist. Extreme doodle activist meets inner wilderness guide. I like rocks a lot, which I find quite funny, as I now live where there are no rocks. Meet me from the almost wilderness home on the edge of the boreal forest. I help others make sense of where they are in life, safely navigate the messy middle, and find their own best groove. Meet me in the intersection of ambition, creative soul, and mindset. Bring rocks. (laughs) 
that speaks to exactly what you just you just shared with me, mm. I think. Yeah, it's a nice blend in the fact that you would have someone bring rocks, which are basically building blocks. Exactly. And I have, I do a lot of, I do a lot of work with clients about rocks and all the rocks of other people, all, all the many rocks that really, truly belong in the keeping of other people that we somehow end up picking up and carrying which but I think that comes from the reason I can use that metaphor so aptly is because I really do love rocks I there's something about rocks of all sizes shape color orientation location that I find infinitely comforting mm-hmm I take rocks wherever I visit. I pick rocks up. I've always been. Yeah. I, I live. Um, I've always lived on the East Coast, and um, there, you know, being near the coast or near the water is a big deal. And so I've always had beach stones, uh, shells, um, and uh, I have a friend who collects the white, the whiter stones. So I have those in a display on one of my tables. And um, when I was in um, down south this year helping a friend sort of midwife her grief, we picked up rocks around the area that her spouse had passed really suddenly. So I have that on my desk. I think of them as my friends. Yeah, yes, me too. It's... It's really interesting what you um, what you noted about. Uh, I can't say that I actually had a con. I don't recall having a conversation with myself saying, "Okay, Donnie, now you're going to bring some of your art to life, but you're going to bring it to life in a usable form." <laughs> so that yeah, I don't remember having that conversation, but it fits perfectly. Previ- years years ago, in a previous slice of this life, I used to do. Uh, panel designing for large floral industry wholesale houses. And one of the reasons that they liked to hire me, I mean, well, it was great fun. You could go, and it was either him or it was um, uh, the uh, uh, arts and craft, founder of the arts and craft movement, which at the moment, is, his name escapes me. And I, maybe I'm, Maybe that that's part of my innate gift, essence as an artist. I grew up with a grandma who still had some of those 1940s washing machines and things like that in her house. She had a, in the basement of her home in town, she had a wood stove that she would use in the summertime, only in the summertime, to, to can preserves. And it was a lot of work because we grandkids who lived not too far away, that was our summer holidays, was going to sit grandma's for a week and helping her can preserves on the wood stove. There's a a sense of like, um, I can imagine a sense of self-satisfaction with 
knowing how to do that type of thing because we're so disconnected from so many things like that in modern life. So there's these great conveniences, but also, you know, the reason that apocalyptic movies and TV shows and books are popular is because we like the idea of survivalism. And like, so if like the electricity grid was gone and there were no cars, like, and, you know, we were trying to fight the big whatever, the big bad, whatever that was, you know, would we be able to function? Would we know how to get food? Would we know how to grow food? Would we know how to protect ourselves? Would we know how to use, you know, non-electronics tools? And how would we make clothes and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and so maybe, because honestly, I had not linked that. I had not not linked, oh, I'm going to do my art, but I'm going to put it in something useful. I had not linked that, but I, I sense, because of, as I review quickly how I operate in other areas of my life, especially when it comes to creativity and using creativity, either, as I say, in pure or applied manners, that's a big part of it is is form and function. Yeah, and I mean, again, there's there was no. Um, I don't think there is a. There's no criticism there. It's it's more just a noticing, like, um, you know, for me, being a purchaser of that type of thing, I was like less concerned with like the calendar and more concerned with the images like I was yeah, I like well, the artwork so I wanted the artwork so that, that is just that's just a really cool observation for me to have and it it gives me permission to you know because now I'm thinking oh hmm okay I really like these CD jewel cases for storage I'd like I like pouches too but now it makes me think well you know I've got this shape down I've got the size down. Why not just do a series of art cards? Oh, I love that. Without yeah. a calendar on it. Yep, definitely. And because I have thousands of them, thousands, because this is of the last 10 years since my partner has been so ill and then in recovery, this is, I've been doing these small art pieces as, you know, while we were away from medical stuff or. Mm-hmm. They were just so easy for me to do. I've I've probably done them almost every day of the last ten years. I have thousands of them. Some of them really suck. Some of them suck just a little bit. Some of them are god awful, and some of them are pretty good. But you know, maybe maybe that's something else that I can offer people. Yeah. Is would you like a? You know, maybe we can create a partnership where I can send you these on a regular basis. Um, but they're small. They don't take up a lot of space. They won't. You can, you can then recycle them. You go ahead. You use them. Give them to somebody else or turn them into something or not. I was at um, an event in town recently. We had a kickoff for our cities. I live in a, a city in Massachusetts called Malden. And they have a One Reads program, Malden Reads, in their book for the, um, I don't know if it's the year or the month, but it's uh, Fahrenheit 451. And so they had a kickoff event, and they had um, these two ladies with typewriters, like old-fashioned manual typewriters, and they were from the Traveling Poetry Emporium. And they uh, spontaneously created poetry for you, and they were on little tiny 
uh, sheets of paper, like probably about the size of a jewel case, maybe a little longer than that. And, um, and each one was individual and they kind of asked you a few questions and the woman created a poem for me for my dog and uh, it was gorgeous and I almost cried when she gave it to me and <laughs> she read it and I've read it a couple of times since then and I just I just love that it's a conversation you know again poetry people find scary sometimes or unrelatable and I never thought of myself as a poet but I've been creating more and more poetry this past um, couple of years, and I'm not afraid of it. It just kind of comes out, and I love uh, the idea of sitting down and looking at some of your images and trying to create a response to that. Oh, what a beautiful story! Thank you for sh- oh, what thank you for sharing that. What what a beautiful event. Oh, the Poetry Emporium, I just, there were so many things about that. It was a manual typewriter. It was spontaneous poetry. So again, it's taking that stuffiness out of the idea of creating artwork or creating poetry and also having be the poems be lighthearted and single and one-off. And, and they did, they gave them away. So each poem that they created, they handed it to the person and you got to walk away with it. So it was unique single one-off but it wasn't so precious that they retained it and it wasn't property of any sort it was a gift yeah that my dad started uh, writing poetry when he was about 83 and it was it was a delight he would he eventually ended up sending um poetic creations as cards um um, uh, for sympathy, for bereavement, and oh, sympathy tributes, that's beautiful. and people, and it was a bit tricky for him. You know, we'd have to figure out how to get them because he didn't have a printer. He had a computer. That he had a well. He had, a, I think, he had a MacBook or an iPad. Maybe I don't even know what he had, but um, it it meant a lot to him to write this poetry, and it meant a lot to people to receive words that were woven together for them. Yeah. They wouldn't, the words would maybe mean nothing else, but it would have little meaning for anyone else because there were specifics that were relative to the friendship my dad had with this person, with the person who had recently passed away, or perhaps with the the family, the the grieving family members. But there was, um, there was a lot, as you said, let's talk about something joyful. There was a lot of joy in the cycle of gifting and receiving in his life and, and the life of others who impact. So I, I can appreciate your poetry night. Oh, it was just, it was fantastic. It was, um, and they were just so free with it that I, I just loved it. And I'm going to find, okay, so this was one, a colleague who's involved with one of the local Malden Arts um, programs. This was the poet poem they created for her. It's called Painting with Our Hearts. We splash whole lives on the sides of buildings, make the city sparkle with color and light. We can take a dull block and turn it into a story for generations to come, a place for our children to marvel at, a piece of art for every citizen to enjoy. I can see a future 
where the murals of Malden stretch for miles, every illustration and sky spirit spreading its colors across city hall and hospitals and high rises alike, telling the story of who we are and who we hope to become. Mm. And some of the things that the Malden arts community has done is that the one of the, um, there's an artist that's local, his name is Frank Stella, and they put up a beautiful mural of some of his work. Um, you would actually like it. It's your, some of your doodles are Stella-esque, actually. And... Um, <laughs> And then we, um, Norman Greenbaum, who created the lyrics and music for Spirit in the Sky, is a local Malden native. And so they did a mural inspired by that song. And uh, he came and they did a dedication to the, and everyone in Malden sang Spirit in the Sky with him. So it was kind of cool. I would imagine that that is one stunning mural because that song has. Like it has groove. Yes. It has pattern, repetition. It has free spirit and it has this exploding energy. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and yet, yes, yeah, I bet that was great. Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah. So, so if people want to discover you online, how do they find you? Well, you can check my website which has, you know, a little bit about the work that I do with um, coaching, mentoring people, and also um, it has some of my art stuff there. I, instead of having two sites, I put it under one. So the website proper is um, <clears throat> Dawn Kotzer, D-A-W-N-K-O-T-Z-E-R, or K-O-T-Z-E-R, dot com. And as you scroll across the tabs, you'll see... You know, the regular stuff about about and testimonials, happy clients. And then you'll see a, a section called Inner Wild Arts. And that's where I showcase some of a little bit of the work that I do and speak to some of my thoughts about art. And do you um, do you do you call yourself a coach these days or how do you think about that part of your your business world? Uh, well, I've never been that inclined to call myself a coach, so I think that that would be even less these days. I think I just call myself Dawn. That sounds like <laughs> a silly answer, but I don't know. Like I said, it took me 10 years to get that silly bio written that I read I at the, earlier. So I just, I think I call myself I like the inner wilderness guide, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, Inner Wilderness Guide um, has a lot of significance to, to for me, and it, it seems to hit a chord with people who might like to work with me, because it speaks to nature, but it speaks to being aware of things going on inside, and guide implies that we are testing new waters. At least to me it does. It It means that... I want to go my own way. I want to, even like with sewing guides, you know, when you're using a sewing machine, there's a seam guide. That seam guide does not know what kind of seam you're stitching. It doesn't know what you're creating. It doesn't know anything about the fabric. It doesn't know anything. You are doing your own thing with that sewing machine, but there's this tiny little guide on the side. <laughs> I'm a guide on the side. 
who who kind of is a a sounding board, a witness. I, I call myself probably a witness as much as anything else. I think that's beautiful. Thank you. I so appreciate you are always so much fun to play with and to throw ideas around and I feel like some of the stuff that we talk about is philosophizing as much as it is conversation so I really appreciate the depth with which you're willing to sort of conversate and explore things I really enjoy my time with you yeah ditto right back at you we it is it's wonderful to have a space where you can dance, you know, tap dance like fantastic, or you can kind of dig in, go mm, deep. Yeah. But it's all in this. I love what you said, your invitation at the beginning, which is said, okay, let's speak about some joyful stuff. Because just because things are deep doesn't mean they aren't joyful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, Every conversation I have with you is different, and I feel like, you know, if if you decided you would like to come back, I would love to have you talk again, or, you know, I think that we, we have interesting areas of intersection, and I could see um, definitely wanting to collaborate creatively in some way, or maybe intersect creatively in some way. That would be that would be my pleasure. I will take you up on that. You just um, you know let me know when you need to uh, hear my voice, and we'll make it happen. Plus, um, you reminded me I have some some Northern Saskatchewan beaver pictures <gasps> to send you about beavers doing their work in the wild. I have not forgotten. I've just not got to it yet. You have a great radio voice too, so. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I, uh, this is, I like speaking like this. It's, um, it's, it's nice. I, I feel very close to you. I don't have to see you in order to feel that I see you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Um, it's been a slice. It's thank been a you. Slice. Thank you so much. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.